interesting to met met most of you, and I look forward this weekend to meeting all of you. And and uh, it's always an honor, and always a blessing, and always a privilege to preach the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And um, I've heard wonderful things about about you here. And um, John Claude wanted me to make sure I said hello to you guys, and and he sends his love, and um, he's a very dear friend. And so. Um, Again, though, I say it's it's just an honor. It's an honor to be able to come and proclaim the gospel and, and to be here with you. Our text is going to be found in, in where Tim read tonight and also in Romans chapter 8. So if you put your finger in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 to 39, we'll look at those two verses, or three verses there, and we'll look at the, the verse in Acts. And the name of the message is, They Called Him Lord. They Called Him Lord. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, it says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and, and Christ. Both Lord and Christ. And the key in there, that God hath made the same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 to 39, Scripture declares, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, again, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Now tonight I'd like us to look at our great King and Savior and His Lordship, and His Lordship. You may have hear, you may have heard some folks, or you may hear folks sometimes ask you at, at some point in your life, "Is Jesus Christ your Lord? Is He Lord of your life?" I recently talked to someone, and they told me about someone who professed Christ, but they weren't walking with Christ. He was their Savior, but He wasn't their Lord. And they're believing is that we make Christ Lord. Well, God has beat us to it. God has made Christ Lord. He's made Christ Lord. And they, they say that when you surrender to Him, then you make Him fully Lord of your life. Beloved of God, this is so foreign to Scripture. It's foreign to Scripture. Because as we have seen here, God has made Christ Lord. He made him Lord. And we'll look at several scriptures today where believers don't make Christ Lord, but they acknowledge his Lordship. They acknowledge his Lordship. He's Lord. He's Lord of all. He's King of Kings and he's Lord of Lords. In the text before us in Acts chapter 2, it says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that, that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And in, in Romans, at the latter part of Romans 8.39, it says, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. As I said, we don't, make, we don't make Christ Lord. God has beaten us to it. When the Lord Jesus Christ saves us by his free and sovereign grace, we acknowledge, we bow our knee to the Lordship of Christ. And the believer delights that Christ is Lord. We delight in that. The church of God delights in the Lordship of Christ. 
It's, it's all the believer's hope. As he has all power and he's Lord over all. In our text again in Acts 2.36, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. The world and our sinful nature is opposed to the Lordship of Christ. By nature, we're opposed to the Lordship of Christ. We want to rule. But no, when, when the Lord saves a sinner, he bows to the Lordship of Christ. He bows to him. So let's look at some things tonight. It, it says, Jesus, our Lord. And this, this, this is sweet to the believer's heart. This is sweet to his heart. Jesus, the Lord. Jesus, our Lord. Who was delivered for our offenses. Our offenses. He was absolutely sinless. He had no sin, thought, word, or deed. Perfect. Absolutely sinless. No guile found in him. Now us, what would happen if, if our thoughts were opened up for 15 minutes to the world? Oh my gosh. Right? And, and we sin and we don't even know it. Do you remember when, before the Lord saved you, those of us who are, who are redeemed and saved by the blood of the Lamb, do you remember how we drank sin like water? It didn't even bother us. But now, oh, it convicts us. We're convicted. The Holy Spirit convicts us and, and points us to Christ. Points us to Him. He was delivered for our offenses. He was raised for our justification. And... Him being raised for our justification means God is satisfied with the sacrifice of Christ. Substitution and satisfaction. Oh, that, that you get anything from a gospel message. Substitution and satisfaction. Christ was the sinner's substitute and God is satisfied with that sacrifice. He's absolutely satisfied. And oh, beloved, we acknowledge Him as Lord with joy. With joy. Why? Because he loved us and gave himself for us. He freely went to the cross. He willingly went to the cross. He knew he must die on Calvary's tree in order for his people to be redeemed from their sins. There was no other way. We couldn't pay a price. We can't pay the price for one sin, let alone billions that we commit in our lifetime. And what does Christ do? He hangs on the cross. And he, he endures the wrath and justice of God fully poured out upon him for sinners. And he cries, it is finished. The work's done. And what do we do as believers? We look to Christ. And we don't just do that. People often say, you know, well, you, you, you pray a prayer and, and you're good now. You're good now. Well, yeah, we're saved. Believers are saved who trust and rest in Christ. But what do believers do? They continuously come to Christ, don't they? They continuously repent of their sins. We do. It's a lifetime of repentance. Coming to Christ. Knowing our sins are forgiven, but oh, what a glorious God we have. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Who loved me. 
a sinner and gave himself for me. He's our Lord. He's our, our King. He's Lord in our salvation. Scripture declares in Colossians 2.6, as ye, as ye have therefore received Christ the Lord, so walk ye in Him. He, we received the Lord Jesus Christ. How? Well, we're made willing, aren't we? We're made willing. We don't naturally receive Christ. Scripture says there's none of us that seek after God. We run as far away as possible from Him. But oh, when the, when the love of Christ, the Holy Spirit applies the Scriptures that we hear, and He starts to draw us to Christ, Thy people shall be made willing. We're turned to Christ and we flee to Christ, don't we? And He's our Lord. We, we don't make Him Lord. We acknowledge His Lordship. We acknowledge He's Lord and in the church we find Him as the head of the body. He's the head of the body. And we're all subject to Him. He has the preeminence. He gets all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Colossians 1.18 says this, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might receive the preeminence. Men in religion, I remember this. We like the, I remember I used to like the glory in what I did, telling people the things I used to do. Now I proclaim what he's done. What he's done. He's he paid it all. Everything God demanded for my sins, He paid every single thing that was demanded. The law of God is satisfied for the believer. Oh, that we could just rest in that. It's true. There is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Why? Because He died in the sinner's room instead. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. He's Lord in our life work. He becomes King of kings and Lord of lords to us. And we give Him all the glory. We glorify God in His name. Ephesians 5.20 says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the believer acknowledges him as Lord. I, I've never understood when folks say that he can be your Savior, but not your Lord. It's, it's foreign to what the Scriptures say. But people believe that. Why? Because they want to have something to do with their salvation. No. Not in free grace. Free grace, it's all Christ. It's all what he's done. We flee to him. Because it's all what he's done. He paid it all. Jesus paid it all. He's Lord as He's dying on the cross as a sinner's substitute. Think about this. The, the thief, the two thieves wake up in the morning and they, 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 they're in prison and they're given their meals. They probably were fed. I, don't, I would imagine they were given a meal. And they wake up and they have no idea. The one, the one thief has absolutely no idea and he's going to have a divine appointment with God. He has no idea. But Christ is Lord as he's dying on the cross. See, he's, he's Lord at his birth. He's Lord in eternity. He's Lord at his birth. And he's Lord when he's dying on that tree. 
Oh, turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 23. Here's the thief. He's railing. At first, we know he's railing with the other thief, isn't he? He's railing. Oh, but the grace of God in Christ, as the Holy Spirit works upon this man's heart and turns him to Christ. Acts chapter 23, verse 39. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. And we know from Scripture that they both started railing at first. Both of them were railing on Christ. And look at this. But the other rebuked, answering rebuked him, saying, Doest not thou fear God, seeing thou, thou art in the same condemnation? The Holy Spirit's working on this turning him to Christ, turning this man to Christ. And look what he says. He said, and we indeed justly. Is this not, is this not what, what happens to the believer when he comes to Christ? Is he not showing that he, if he got what he would deserve, he would justly go to hell? And this, this thief is saying, we're here justly. We deserve to be here. But the Holy Spirit's taught this man something. For we see the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. He's sinless, beloved. He's the sinless sacrifice of Christ, of God. Hanging on the cross is the sinner's substitute. And I love this. And he said unto Jesus, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Remember me. Lord, just remember me. And he says, Lord, in the text, he says, Lord, remember me. And what does our king say? And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This man, when he woke up, didn't acknowledge Christ as Lord. But all oh, the power of the Holy Spirit moving and turning the sinner to Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is Lord in resurrection. He's the firstborn from the dead. Colossians 1.18 says this, And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. In religion, man wants to have the preeminence. But oh, in grace, Christ gets it all. He gets it all. He gets all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. He's Lord at his advent. He'll be Lord when he comes again. People often ask me, what's your view on end times? What's your, view, your eschatological view? They, they use a fancy word. Well, my view is Christ is reigning right now. He's Lord and King right now. Right now. Right now. And he will be at, he, at, at the advent, he'll be Lord too. Titus 2.13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is Lord in eternal glory. As, he said, as I said, He was Lord before He came. He was Lord at His birth. He was Lord on the cross. And He's Lord now and He will be Lord in eternal glory. Revelation chapter 5. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. All glory goes to Him. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea. And all them that are in him heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. 
he gets it all. And he's, see, we acknowledge his lordship. And we only yield to Christ, don't we? Moses, Moses is just a servant, but Jesus Christ is Lord. Scripture says, one is your master. One. Matthew 23, verses 8 to 10 says this. But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the... I used to be in Catholicism. I was a Catholic. And we called the priest father. When I read this scripture, I was like, oh my gosh. He's just a man like me. Call no man your father upon the earth. For one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for there's one master. Only one. Only one Lord. Only one. Even Christ. Oh, he claims to be Lord over all. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the true Messiah. The head of the church. King of, King of, King of the saints. Lord of all. And beloved, he is all power. The one who holds us and keeps us. Spurgeon said, if we could lose our salvation, we'd lose it a thousand times a day. But who holds us? Christ. He's the one. He keeps the believer, doesn't he? He has all power. He's master and Lord. He's Lord in the administration of the church. It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth good. He's, he's Lord. And we look to him trustfully. The believer looks to him trustfully. No king can be so wise or good as great as he is. Job said, Naked come I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you're saved here tonight, aren't you thankful God saved you? What a blessing. He's Lord forever. And he reigns without a successor, doesn't he? Kings here, kings and governments are raised, and, but a king will reign. In the, in the, and I think we've lost, we've lost some of understanding of what kingship is because now we, we don't really have, there's not a lot of kings in, anymore. And if there are, they're just figureheads. But the king, he was sovereign. He ruled over, over a domain. But when he died, there was always a successor. Christ has no successor. Oh, he's king. And he's Lord. And we call him Master and Lord. Romans 8, 37 to 39, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our Lord. 
our Lord. Let's look at that little portion there. Little word, the word are. And this word makes us remember our personal interest in the Lord. Our Lord. Every believer uses this title in the singular and calls him from his heart. My Lord. He's my Lord. And he's my Savior. David wrote, let's look at some instances in Scripture where he is called Lord. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 8. And I'll read what Psalm 10, 1, Psalm 110, 1 says this, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. David called him Lord. David called him Lord. Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 6, we see the centurion called him Lord. Matthew chapter 8, verse 6, And saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus, see, he called him Lord. And Jesus saith unto him, I come and heal him, or I will come and heal him. The centurion answered, now the centurion was a man of authority. He answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He, he believed on Christ. And he says in verse 9, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go. And he goeth, and to another, Come. And he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and do it. And he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them, that fall, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. He acknowledged, the, he acknowledged Christ's lordship. So we've seen the thief on the cross has acknowledged his lordship. David has acknowledged his lordship. The centurion, the woman in Canaan in Matthew 15, verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her, not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And again, we're going to see her say, she's going to call him Lord again. In verse 25, then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, is it not, it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, truth, truth, Lord. She, she's calling, she's acknowledging his lordship. She can't do anything about this situation, but she knows he can. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 5. Verse 12, the leper called him Lord. 
And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face. Now he's full of leprosy, which is a picture of sin. Full of leprosy. And besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Lord, this is not the cry of the believer, too. We can't make ourselves clean, can we? We can't pay for one sin. Not one. But the Lord can make us clean. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. There's the power. He's Lord. Now, now this leper acknowledges him as Lord, but he is Lord, and Lord, of, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And he put forth his hands and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And what happened? And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Flee to Christ. He's the sinner's only hope. He's the only way we can be made clean. Now, we still sin to our shame. We sin more than we want to, don't we? But oh, to know that thou art justified before God because of the precious blood of Christ and because of all what he's done and not anything we do. Christ can save a sinner without you moving a muscle because it's a heart work. It's a heart work. His disciples called him Lord. In Luke 11, 1, it says, And it came to pass, that as he was praying in a certain place, where he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And then John chapter 20, verses 28 to 29, it says, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me. Thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. But Thomas answered in, in the verse before that. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. He acknowledged his lordship. He acknowledged the lordship of Christ. In John chapter 6 it says this. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered, him, Lord, Lord. And is this, not, is this not what the believer cries to? To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the, that Christ, the Son of the living God. Martha called him Lord. In John chapter 11, Scripture declares, Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am. He's unveiling himself. He's, he's showing her his lordship. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever... Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? In her answer, she saith unto him, Yea, Lord. Yea, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. John chapter 11, verses 23 to 27.
she acknowledged his lordship. See, she didn't make him lord. She acknowledged his lordship. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Here's our beloved brother Paul. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired to him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of the way, he's hunting Christians. Any of this way, whether they were man or woman, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. We know that Paul went and he, he hauled Christians out of the homes. He had them cast in the prison. He was witnesses to their murders. And look at Acts chapter 9 verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now here we see the union between Christ and the believer. Look at the union. Paul's, not, Paul's persecuting Christians. And he, Scripture says, our king says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He's the head or the body. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Is it hard for thee to kick against the pricks? And now, he's He's trembling. He, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the man which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth. He's a changed man. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus called Ananias, and to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias, and he said, what does he say? Behold, I am here, Lord. He calls him Lord. I'm here, Lord. The Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Taurus. For behold, he prayed. Paul was on the road to Damascus. That morning, he was going to hunt Christians. Little did he know he was a trophy of God's grace and God's mercy. And see, we don't know who the elect are. We have no idea. Therefore, we preach and proclaim the gospel. And God does the saving. We just proclaim Christ. Proclaim the one who, who's done the work. He did it all.
In verse 12 it says, And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Now word's gotten around about Paul. Ananias answered and said, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority. They knew he was coming. They knew he was coming. Here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But he is a trophy of God's grace. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel. Unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Not only in our text did Paul call him Lord, but so did Ananias. He called him Lord too. So we see in the text before us that God's people acknowledge the Lordship of Christ. They don't make him Lord. They acknowledge and they bow their knee to the Christ. We lay down our arms, don't we? Lay down our arms before him. For the believer, Christ is, is Lord of our lives. He's all in all to the believer. He's our Lord, both personal, and it brings to remembrance our brethren who are also united. He's both our Lord personal, and, and, we, and we remember that he's our, our Lord of our brethren also. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He's Lord over all. He's Lord over all. He's Lord over creation. He's See, a lot of folks, they, they're acknowledged that Christ is Lord over creation. And they're acknowledged that, that, uh, that he controls things, not, to, not probably to the extent what we believe. But they will not bow their knee that he's Lord in salvation. But we who believe in the free and sovereign grace of God in Christ, we bow our knee. Salvation is of the Lord. If, if, if there was no election, none of us would be saved. Eh? And who are we elected in? Christ. Christ. His position as Lord reminds us of the confidence of the church in doing His work and going forth and proclaiming the gospel. He's able. He has all the power. Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 to 20 says this, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me. If you're resting in Christ, you're resting in the one who has all power. All might. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Even to the end of the world. So our common joy in Jesus Christ as our Lord becomes evidence of the grace of God in us. And of the union with each other. 
Isn't it amazing when you can meet brethren and, and maybe you've never met them before? And you talk with them and it's like you've known them for years and years and years. We, we have a union. As an old preacher told me once, that's because we all have the same father. That's why. First Corinthians chapter 12 says, Wherefore I give to you understand, give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. See, when the Lord saves, when the Lord saves a sinner, he bows to the Lordship of Christ. He just bows to him. This, this Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, who died on the cross for my sins, who suffered the law and justice of God in my place. This is what the believer, he, he says, Oh Lord, where shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. There's nowhere else to go, is there? And this is why we point folks to Christ. We point people to Christ and say, flee to Christ. Trust Him. There's no hope in your own works. None at all. No hope in our labors. Hope in the one who's done the work, who's finished the work. Who hung on Calvary's cross. The sword of God's justice is unseen and plunged into Christ. And he, he bears the sins of all his people. Think of this. When he was on the cross dying for, for our sins, it was for the sins of all the elect of all the ages. He's the God-man mediator. God, only God could pay the price that God demanded. So God becomes a man. Fully man, yet fully God. Lives a perfect life. We can't go by seconds without sinning. And He lives... The absolute perfect life. Fully satisfying the law of God. Everything that God demanded for the sinner, He, he lived it. I often say his life, was, his life was substitutionary too, not just His death. Because He lived that perfect, He weaved that perfect robe of righteousness for us. He lives the perfect life. And then he goes to the cross. And he's, he's on the way to the cross. And the women of Jerusalem, are they're, 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 they're crying. And he looks to them and he says, Weep not for me. His face is set like a flint to Jerusalem. He must, he must pay the price for the sins of his people or they cannot be redeemed. He must. And when all is accomplished, he cries, It is finished. That means there's nothing for us to hide. 
There's nothing for us to do but rest in Him. And look to Him. Look and live. He's the sinner's only hope. Look and live. And then God's satisfied with the sacrifice of Christ and He raises them what? For our justification. See, He's sinless. He raises them for our justification. Oh, what a wonderful Savior. Is Jesus our Lord? What a what a beautiful what a wonderful Savior is He. May God grant you faith and belief. Makes me want to shout out, look and live. Look and live. All right, let's turn on our hymnals in closing tonight, number 61. Number 61 in our hymnals, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Let's stand and sing.